Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the recent guests who've appeared on JM in the AM. During our live remote broadcast from Riverdale, we had the opportunity to speak to the uh, former president of Yeshiva University, President Richard Joel. Here is that conversation on JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. Special guest, and I hope you're watching now at facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Our special guest to open up the 8 o'clock hour is somebody who we don't not only consider a friend, we consider a mentor as well, and that is the uh, former president of Yeshiva University, uh, somebody who has um, been involved in Jewish communal life for many, many decades and whose uh, contributions to this program we always value. And that is President Richard Joel. Thank you so much for being here this morning on JM in the AM. Well, it's a, it's a great pleasure to be here, Nachum. It's always a pleasure to be with you. And since you're two blocks from my home, <laughs> and I don't have really to go to enough. the gym to exercise, uh, uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm a little surprised that they didn't let you into the pizza uh, into the pizza block. But at least you have a, two parking places here. Maybe Very next nice. time. Maybe next time they'll actually let us in. In this case, we're, we're regulated to the outside. Or relegated, rather. It's also um, great that you're in Riverdale. Because I appreciate it's a, that. It's a wonderful community. It's a community people should know about. And uh, it represents uh, so many different facets of the Jewish community. That's very true. I remember Riverdale when I was a student here in the late 70s and early 80s. It's very different today. It's grown considerably, and it appeals to many different aspects and facets of our community. And uh, and it's great to be here this morning. Well, it's wonderful to see you. Uh, the other n- see you. The other night I was uh, reliving in my mind... Um, certain things that had gone on years ago because of a specific person that had chaired an event for us. And I said, wait a second. If I'm not mistaken, President Joel spoke at that event for us. And, of course, I was thinking of the Paris concert where we uh, got together. Oh, sure. What a wonderful, wonderful and important thing you did. For that amazing event. And, and in fact, you did speak in English to this Parisian crowd. We, yes. (laughs) To this Parisian crowd. And with great pride spoke about Jewish unity and spoke about hopeful matters. Uh, It's sometimes difficult uh, the way the world is these days to stay positive and to and to emphasize the good that we have in our community. You did that that night, and it seems you do that very often. I think uh, our creed is to always look at the cup as half full. We wake up in the morning, and the first words we say are "Moda ani," I thank you, and uh, we're alive, and we have opportunity. And there are a lot of shadows now, and uh, some storm clouds, and uh, and culture is under siege. Um, it is not the worst time in human history. Right. In fact, it's probably m- marginally close to the best time in human history. Uh, and I think what differentiates us from the rest of the animal kingdom is that uh, we get to hope. No question about it. President Richard Joel is here. Now, you grew up really close to here, right? I grew up about a mile and a half from here in Yonkers, New York. What was Yonkers like as a Jewish community in those days? Um, we had several shuls, but the notion of a neighborhood where people lived together closely was uh, was unknown. Uh, I was a member of an Orthodox shul in an Orthodox community, but there were only three or four Orthodox people in the four-block area around my home. Uh, I had a 15-minute walk to shul, um, and, uh, uh, you know, the synagogue was the center of life. But uh, but much more diffuse than it is now. Is it similar 
today, or it's much, much no, different? No, it's much weaker today. Seriously? <laughs> oh yeah, that area we yeah, live Yonkers, in. Yonkers is still going through its transition. Although there's an area in South Yonkers abutting Riverdale. Um, that has uh, many of the members, it's like a shtetl, many of the members of the Young Israel Ohab Tzedek of North Riverdale. And in fact, there's an area in Yonkers uh, uh, called Ludlow Park, which is just easy walking distance, where there are old but stately homes that are uh, very available for purchase, that a few people have started to move in, and I I hope it's a a new area for exploration. Very nice. Do Do you visit a lot of Jewish communities still around this country or not? Um, not not the, to the same degree that I did when I had either of my past professional positions, but uh, you know, occasionally uh, Esther and I are invited for Shabbos to different places, uh, and we do that. And now, what we've done is our children have all left us uh, for. <laughs> Various, you sound the drop bitter. Various, no, 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 no. Uh, the terrible thing is be careful what you teach your children because they listen. Uh, we always told them that not New York is a very good place to live. And uh, so uh, uh, we have two children in Cleveland. Uh, one of my, my sons is the head of school at the Fuchs Mizrahi School. His sister teaches there. Um, and uh, my son-in-law uh, is a, an accountant and my uh, daughter-in-law is a a wonderful educator. My son Nachum, um, your namesake, um, uh, uh, has been in the insurance business, just decided that uh, he wasn't finding it fulfilling enough, and uh, uh, although uh, making a living, uh, wasn't making enough of a killing not to be doing something he loved, so he uh, was recruited and moved out to Los Angeles to be the assistant executive director of the Shalhevet School to learn how to be an executive director and be heaven help us in the Jewish community. So I think Los Angeles is a great place for him to be for two years. <laughs> and, and, my daughter, more... <laughs> and my daughter Penny is uh, an educator with Pardes in Jerusalem. All right. And after those so two... yes, we see different communities. And after those two years in LA, you'll be more than happy to welcome him back. Huh? We just went out there. We went to San Francisco and drove down the Pacific Coast Highway. Oh, that's pretty cool. That was lovely. The high yeah. point was uh, the Hearst Castle. Right. Seeing my grandchildren, not in that order, right. and having our car <laughs> broken into in San Francisco. Oh boy! Losing all our property. So sadly, there's a. There's a gentleman somewhere in San Francisco who has a lovely pair of tefillin that he's putting on. I am sorry to hear that. It happens. It does happen. Um, and, and you you have... It's funny you bring this up because another thing I was thinking about yesterday in preparation for this conversation, you've had a lot of adversity in your life. People may not realize that, that you, you're... First of all, you're an only child, and I don't know if that's something to be called adversity, you, know, one, you can't compare it to any other experience, obviously. But to us in the Jewish community, when we hear only child, we react a certain way. Yeah, my brother thinks it's adversity. <laughs> he does? Yeah, he's, he's an only because I was an only child and there was no brother. Right, exactly. Um, it's a circumstance. It is what right. it is. I had a lot of love for my parents. And uh, and then by the time you're in high school, mm-hmm. you lose your father? Or? No, junior high school. In junior high school? Junior high, right after my bar mitzvah. So that's a... It was a. It was a. I'm sorry you don't have a couch here for me to lie down. But, <laughs> I was, uh, but I was thinking about this because you know we, we always, when you come on the air we're always discussing your position and different things and policy you know and we never get an opportunity to talk about what, which is yeah. I think so fascinating to the community you started, that you got to where you got to after a background that some might find very challenging. You know you started talking about hope. My parents always taught me um, that uh, the world is a blessing that God is in heaven and that uh, we get to live a life and should try to make a difference in it. And, um, and you deal with adversity as it comes 
but um, you know the expression of someone gives you a lemon then make lemonade right. and and I think that was my father's life and it was my, my father was uh, born in Vilna grew up in South Africa uh, traveled the world and then uh, found my mother and had a wonderful romance and uh, and I'm the product and I grew up knowing about that and I grew up uh, with music and with uh, uh, with the sounds of prayer and uh, um, and the sounds of the world um, when I was 12, we took a one-month tour. We were middle class, but they somehow managed, I guess only child, right. took a one-month grand tour of Europe. So I got to see uh, things. At 13, I was going to Israel before my father took ill and died, and we were going to go visit Israel. So, uh, And then after he died, it was sad years, but my mother was a woman of great uh, joy, and uh, the shul community was very important and helpful. Um, and... Uh, uh, but I wanted a life that 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 mattered. I was what not, shul was that at that? It point? was Congregation Sons of Israel in Yonkers, and uh, and I wanted a life. It wasn't boy. What am I going to do and achieve? I think a right. lot of it was uh, get day to day and keep going was moving that, forward. And right. at a certain point, you know, am I going to find someone who's going to be a partner for me, right. uh, who will be as special to me as my uh, mother was to my father? And and when your father, when when, when the inevitable happens, right. And now you're faced with that situation. You and your mother uh, obviously grow even closer, if that's possible for a child to grow even closer. But I, I would imagine right. that that happens. Right. And you're looking at each other during those months, those subsequent months, with, with what? With, with, with wondering what tomorrow's going to bring or, or, or with the same hope that you just described earlier? What's that like? I, th- I think it was uh, the first time in my life that I learned what you do is take each day at a time and get through my mother was very strong and insisted uh, that I not be a griever. Um, uh, there what was, a blessing, right? Oh, she was, a, she was an unbelievable woman, and uh, uh, she was 41 when she was widowed. Um, I'd come home from school at night, and we'd have dinner together, and uh, we'd uh, uh, watch TV, we'd talk, and there'd be some tears. Um, uh, but the life goes on, and... Uh, uh, and she really did uh, will that 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 I be normal, right? Uh, when you become the head of a prominent national Jewish organization, and then you become the head of one of the great Jewish historic universities in the history of the Jewish people, um, many many situations arise uh, that have become very challenging and are full of adversity. Does this life experience that you just transmit to me and to this audience does it help when when your back's up against the wall and the media and supporters and students and whoever are 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 converging on you and are expressing their dissatisfaction with things that are going on you know there's a story uh, that i often heard about uh, um, a boy who was bothering his parent and wanted him to play and the parent was busy and the parent, to divert the boy, said, look, here, I'm giving you a puzzle. It's a special puzzle. Sit down and do this puzzle. But you should know that this is a unique puzzle because it's a two-sided puzzle. He said, on one side is a picture of a man, and on the other is a map of the whole world. And you sit down. I don't want to see you till you finish this puzzle. The kid takes the puzzle, goes away, and uh, very quickly comes back, and the puzzle's done. Father said, I just gave you a map of the whole world. How could you do it so quickly? He said, it's funny, Dad. You told me it was a two-sided puzzle. So on the other side was a puzzle of just a man. And it's funny. When the man comes together, the whole world falls into place. 
And I think the key is that when you learn to appreciate life and live it and deal, I, I imagine dealing with adversity uh, on a family context uh, made a difference. Um, but um, I think, I, I don't think there was a profound change in me. I was raised by my parents to have good values. Um, I wanted to help make it better. Um, I had the best partner in the world, and we viewed this as a journey together. We weren't intentional in the direction in which we're going. I'm a recovering lawyer, uh, <laughs> and I was a prosecutor in New York. Um, uh, but uh, but we were guided, and, uh, and that's where we went. So the issues, first of all, the major issue, and I'm sure you know this, is, uh, you know, after all the adversity, you come home. Right. And when you come home, it's a... Uh, it's an island of uh, of safety and um, and joy uh, and the, peace. And the other thing is, how do you bring to all these circumstances? And some of them are very hard. Um, a sense of of trust and faith, and knowing that you're probably here for a reason, uh, and uh, and uh, God's way is not just to give you the easy things. Uh, the other thing that's very important is to have people around you who are better than you. Uh, so you don't feel that you're, it's only you. Although, there, of course, there are moments when you feel you're just alone. Um, and, uh, and you move through. It, I, I think maybe if, if my father passing, um, if his death meant something, it's that you sometimes are in the very bottom of the deepest valley and you just move. You just climb. You just climb. And thank God there have been many more vistas than there have been tough climbs. President Richard Joel is with us as we visit Riverdale, New York. And um, this time of year, beginning of the school year, again, your career intertwined with the school year constantly for decades, um, a time of, uh, of the high holidays, and you've expressed more than once on this show how much you enjoy leading Slichos and being part of that whole experience. So tell me how you view this beginning, this season of the year, this time around. You know, there's a, there's a, 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 a Jewish concept in Hebrew called hitchadshut, which is a reflective verb, which means renewal. Right, Chodesh is the word for month. Hit Chadshut is renewal. Um, uh, Rosh Hashanah is also the first of the month of Tishrei, and what's hopeful for us is that the moon is new, mm-hmm. and it's going to wax, and then it's going to wane, and then it's going to disappear. But we know through all our lives that after it disappears, it comes back. So it's a time of saying, "How am I part of this renewal?" Now, thank God, Esther and I are at a different part of our lives. We, we look back and savor our professional in, in, endeavors. Uh, I'm a professor now enjoying that, and it's not the same kind of pressure we had. Um, as I always tell people, we would do this again in a minute. We just don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> and um, so we view it as a period. There's, a, there's, there's much more looking at the achievement. Thank God, at this moment, we have 12 grandchildren uh, our youngest child was married this summer. Uh, please God, there are two more on the way. Um, a lot of time is spent figuring out where you can get the best fare to go to which child. Um, uh, we're going to uh, to Israel for Sukkot to be with Penny for the first time in many, many years. So I look at it and say, this is a, a time when we also keep looking at our deeds and saying, 
what are the opportunities? What were th- opportunities we missed? Uh, how did I not come up to the standards that I would like to live by? And what do I have to do to do it? The normal process of repentance that we uh, that we go through, um, but with a whole lot of hope. I mean, what a what a joy this summer is a vacation to mark my wife's birthday. We rented a 13-bedroom home in the Berkshires, and we spent six days with the 25 people that are our life. And uh, what can you be with that except joyous and and grateful? And you're hopeful for the world. I enjoy when uh, people ask me to uh, help them with a project or just uh, ask Guidance, which I happily give them as long as they pledge to me that they're not bound to listen to it. Um, when asked to speak, uh, I will give speeches, but that's not, you know, it's not part of my business now. And uh, it's gratitude. President Richard Joel is here. Those Berkshire, uh, that Berkshire six days must have been amazing with you at the helm. Must have been a lot of fun. Oh, I certainly was not at the, I certainly was not at the helm. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, uh, what can I say? It's it's wonderful to have you here. I think that uh, of all the people that have encouraged me in this endeavor over all these decades, I think you're at the top of the list, well, and I appreciate very that very, very much. But look, we're also not done. We need to be able to keep. We haven't talked uh, anything deep, uh, well, maybe a little bit, but uh, uh, we need to keep the world um, moving forward. And I think our voices, as we get older, the voices um, uh, might get quieter but not weaker. And uh, I think it's important to guide people who are currently at the helm of institutions. And it's not only up to the helm. It's each and every one of us in our interactions, taking advantage of opportunities and, uh, uh, and using all our wisdom to bring wisdom into a world in need of hope and light. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, we always like to think that there is a lot of hope out there. There is. In addition to all the craziness that we see. And in addition is. to all the challenges that are out there. There is. Look how good you are. You and I are probably as distant on political matters as uh, can be. I hope you've done some tshuva. But in the meantime, we still... Distant on political matters? We still get to be be friends and move forward. Distant on political... Did you grow up in Manhattan? (laughs) (laughs) No. I started by telling you that not New York is a good place to be. I also wonder what it's like... When you, as an insider, know what the Jewish educational scene is all about from elementary school through college, and then you see some of your children pursue that career. Now, I will tell you, and I'll say this before I ask you to answer, I will tell you that I ask myself this question all the time, because I consider myself someone who grew up in Jewish communal life. You know who my father was. So I grew up in Jewish communal life. I obviously have had a lot of experience from a lot of unique angles when it comes to Jewish institutions. Nobody's had the angles that I've had being in this chair. And I always wonder what my reaction will be when some of my children might decide to go in this direction, meaning Jewish communal life. So I always struggle, and I do call it a struggle with this question. Do you struggle with it as you watch it? I I knew from the beginning that our job wasn't to program our children. Um, it was to raise them and to model. And to model not careers but values and how you live and whether the home is filled on Shabbat um, and whether education mattered and ideas mattered. Uh, it's always interesting to me that people tend to gravitate to the same kind of environment. I have no, uh, no children in hedge funds, although it would have been fine with me. Because I don't think what you do defines you who you are defines you 
But the truth is, just like we're sitting here in the shadow of SAR High School, a great educational institution, and uh, and Pizza Block, another great edu- educational <laughs> institution, we've filled our kids with lots of of doings. Um, I I don't know that I realized how much the conversations at our Shabbat table inspired our kids. Um, like any parent, I'm concerned, uh, believe it or not, doing all these wonderful things did not uh, get me to acquire $20 million. Um, <laughs> so I, um, I'm concerned we help our kids as we can, but they don't want our help. They want to build their own lives. Sure. So uh, fully one, two, three, four of the four, uh, five most of them are in Jewish education. I have a son who's a clinical psychologist in Muncie. That probably qualifies as well. Uh, um, and the others are in the helping professions. So I celebrate that. Uh, I don't think everybody should do that. I mean, there's one Shevet Levi and 11 other Shvatim. Uh, right. If God wanted all of us to be in Jewish education, uh, there would have been 12 tribes that did that. Um, but... Uh, but, but but it, our children give us great pleasure because of who they are. And what they do is very nice. And you know what? You have that opportunity, too. But I'm now looking at someone named Daniel Gordon, who's standing here, um, who is like a child to me. I mean, he came uh, uh, when he was a student at Yeshiva University. He became a fellow, a graduate fellow for me. And then he worked in my office and then became my chief of staff. Went on to do wonderful work with NCSY. Uh, and now as a chief of staff in a major corporate setting. And I couldn't be prouder because you get lots of opportunities through life to do good things. And the good he does is is by who he is, not what he does. You used a very good example. Uh, I thank you. I thank you so much. I thank you for coming and for making the effort to be here with us this yes. morning. By the way, I could have said something about Miriam, but she would have just thrown it up at me. Um, well, I would assume she would have Miriam, cut off your microphone. Miriam was, my, <laughs> was and is my oldest daughter's closest friend, right. and I've watched her grow, and I've watched her take advantage in her own loving and strong way of, of growing things. And, and when she important. asked you about taking the job at the Nahum Siegel Network, you said, yes, go for it. You said 100%. Yeah, I really don't care about her. I said nice <laughs> things about her, but I don't care about her. But I care about you because you're a force for light in our world, and you should Thank just you. do it more strongly. And one day you should be able to work indoors. <laughs> Please, God. May I wish you a happy and healthy uh, 578 Oh, a good and wonderful year. A pleasure to be with you. We go to Shim Kramer, who's a great cantor in this area of Riverdale, and his sons with a song called Bowie. You are listening to JM in the AM. That was our conversation with President Richard Joel during our journey to Riverdale, New York, two weeks ago. Next up is Ryan Hyman from Azer Mitzion. Azer Mitzion is sponsoring our on-the-road programming throughout the month of September. And uh, Ryan updated us on the activities of Azer Mitzion and what's happening with the organization. Ryan Hyman next here on JM Rewind on the Nahum Siegel Network. Wednesday morning, a very, very patient Ryan Hyman is with us live via telephone. Many of you are aware of the fact that starting tomorrow, it really has started already because September is September, right? We're on the road September, and that's the month of September. And we're sponsored by Azer Mitzion. But tomorrow, we actually hit the road. It's our first actual show on the road tomorrow. Thursday, September the 5th, tomorrow, join us up in Riverdale. We have an amazing lineup. Former president of Yeshiva University, Richard Joel, is going to join us. Uh, Dr. Phil Schneider is going to join us. Uh, Daniel Gordon's going to be up there. Rabbi Kroll from SAR is going to join us. A lot of people are going to be joining us tomorrow in Riverdale. 
Uh, tomorrow we're at the Pizza Block on Riverdale Avenue. Join us between 6 and 9 a.m. Next Thursday we're in Lakewood. Sunday, September the 15th, we're with Achiezer at the TWA Hotel. Tuesday, September the 17th, JM and the AM from Sammy's and Teaneck. Tuesday, September the 17th, that night with Amudim. Thursday, September the 19th, at Gotta Get a Bagel in Woodmere. Thursday, September the 26th, with the Misaskim Organization in Brooklyn. All of these live broadcasts, this entire tour, this entire on-the-road segment that's a month long, brought to you by Azer Mitzion. And, and we thank them. We thank them because uh, they make it possible for us to hit the road and, and reach a million listeners uh, uh, directly. National Director of Development for Azer Mitzion is Ryan Hyman, who is with us live via telephone. I thank you for being patient, and I say welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. I have to tell you, there's no such thing as being patient on your show, because I have to tell you, you have the best hold music. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> See, even when I'm going through our calendar, it's not bad, huh? <laughs> not at all. I appreciate that very much. We thought originally you might join us tomorrow in Riverdale. When I heard you weren't able to, I said we must get you on the air today. There's so much to talk about regarding Azer Mitzion. I mean, first of all, when we did the show from Israel, a lot of people learned about the organization for the first time, and, and it's incredible the work you're doing. Uh, but you have to admit, when, when we did that landmark event in Englewood, New Jersey, and we were wit- hundreds of people were witnesses uh, to, a, um, a, a, to, to somebody whose life was saved by somebody who signed up as a donor, right? Would that be the way to put it? I think that would be the way to put it. Yeah, um, exactly. I, I mean, you can imagine uh, how emotional I was. People talk to me about that until this day. And the work of Azer Mitzion is well known. There are a lot of things we have to talk about in terms of development, in terms of events that are going on. So let's get things started. You have gone ahead and designated Tuesday, September the 17th for the Azer Mitzion Golf Tournament. Explain to us where and when that's happening and how that works. So the golf tournament is uh, taking place, as you said, on Tuesday, September 17th. It's uh, going to be taking place at the Seawayne uh, Club uh, in Hewlett Harbor. Uh, we're expecting uh, a good number of people to come out. And uh, uh, we, we call the tournament Swing for Life because right. that's what it's about. Uh, it's, it's, it's people coming together to, to have some fun on the course, absolutely, but also they understand exactly why they're doing it. They're doing it to save lives, uh, which is obviously incredibly, uh, incredibly powerful. Now, Excuse me. Now, I want to remind everybody that in addition to people being individual donors, you've come up as an organization with an amazing concept called a donor pool, where you're literally you're, you're asking people to join the registry, but, but sort of as a community, as a group. Would that be a good way to describe it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, you mentioned the golf tournament. Our, our golf tournament has what we call uh, our hole-in-one donor pool, where every single participant in the, in the golf tournament, every single sponsor over the years um, is part of this hole-in-one donor pool where they're, they're connected with all the IDF soldiers that, that we swab specifically to enter into the registry uh, as potential stem cell donors. And these, these golfers, the, and even non-golfers, um, they're all part of this. They're, they're connected to these, this group of IDF soldiers. And, and I have to tell you, that, you know, one of the things hot off the press is we just got a, a report yesterday from the registry in Israel and our hole-in-one donor pool, which is, as I mentioned, sponsored by, through, the, through the golf tournaments, hit an incredible milestone um, uh, in August. Uh, they, they saved yet another life, bringing them to a grand total of 50 lives saved. Oh, my God. I, when I saw 50, I thought it meant donors. 50, you're talking about actual lives saved. That's unbelievable. Actual lives saved. That's, that's correct. 
what, what that means is that every single person who's involved in our golf tournament, every single sponsor, every single person who, who plays, every single person who, who sponsors what we're doing, they have a part. They have a share in having saved these 50 lives. And by the way, it's not just 50 lives. It's 50 lives plus their families. Yeah, of course. If you, you multiply that out, it's, it's entire families that have essentially been saved by this amazing group of people from our hole-in-one donor pool. Unbelievable. How large is the international donor pool at this point? Because it, it, uh, great question. We actually hit uh, nine hundred ninety thousand in August. Unbelievable. Um, we are we're not only the largest Jewish bone marrow registry in the world. We also happen to be the sixth largest overall registry. Uh, but it's actually funny. You, you know Dasi Samosi, who you met sure. you, you met in, the, in in Israel. Yeah, we literally um, so, we had her on this summer. Sure, absolutely right. So so Dasi actually sent me a, an email just uh, just a, a day or two ago um, with a fascinating statistic, um, and that is that. Um, if you look at per capita, based on the Jewish ethnicity, okay, the number of Jews in the world, right. and the size of our registry, we happen to be per capita the largest bone marrow registry in the world. <laughs> Shockingly, and I'm saying that tongue in cheek. Of course, of course, our community course. would, because we know how to respond. Thank God, we know how to respond when people are in need, and how to respond when we when we find out that a simple swab, if we become part of that registry, we could end up saving. As you said, lives and families. Just amazing. Ryan Hyman is with us. He's National Director of Development for Azer Mitzian. All right, so the golf tournament is Tuesday, September the 17th. I also have to mention that anybody who's listening right now can really be part of the donor pool that we discussed and part of the golf tournament because you're doing this this golf ball drop. I, not, I hope I have this right. You literally – and those, of, those who have been to minor league baseball games, you can relate to this when you purchase the balls that you end up throwing on the field – you know, during the, the during the assigned time, and the person who gets it in the basket, you know, wins the prize. What you're doing is people purchase golf balls. You're tossing thousands of them eventually from a helicopter, and though and the person's golf balls who land within the three closest to the hole are the grand prize winners. Would that be the way of putting it? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, we, we people uh, come out and they support the tournament, whether they're they're avid golfers, whether they're miniature golfers, uh, whether they've never picked up a golf club in their lives, they can all participate uh, simply by going to emgolf.org, emgolf.org. Uh, follow the link to the uh, to the ball drop. Um, as a matter of fact, Nachum, we sent we set up a special um, uh, discount code for all of your uh, listeners. Uh, if they simply type in the word Nachum. Uh, they will get a discount and be able to participate. And essentially, it's not just participating in what's going to be an amazing split-the-pot raffle. It's a very, very different concept, which, which I think is going to be really, really exciting. Um, but they, they will really be a part of, uh, of, of what we're doing here, and uh, they're, they're part of uh, really saving lives. Yeah, it's really cool. All right, so you're splitting the pot. Basically, the three balls closest to the hole wins a percentage of the purse. That's how it works. Folks, if you never saw this, it's really, really cool. And you could do this from the comfort of your own home. You don't even have to actually go to the golf course to support Azer Mitzion <laughs> and to be part of this. Go to emgolf.org slash ball drop. Again, that's emgolf.org slash ball drop. If you use the code uh, Nahum, if you use a promo code Nahum, you get a discount on all of this. And you're, you're giving to a great cause. You have a possibility of winning a, a, a good amount of money. And uh, in, in addition, you're participating in a really fun event. Um, 2000 IDF soldiers have donated their stem cells to thousand to two thousand patients around the world. You talk about percentages, and you talk about you know the significance of one group in terms of their ability, and in reality, what they've done in terms of life saving. 
It's unbelievable. I mean, the IDF soldier, what, what a great concept it was. We've discussed this a million times, you and I. What a great concept it was to, to, to make sure that all the IDF soldiers who want to be swabbed are, in fact, swabbed. And that group has literally saved thousands of lives at this point. Correct. I mean, you, you, again, you're talking about 2,000. It's a major milestone yeah. we, met, we, we reached this month. Um, that's 2,000 soldiers, which means 2,000 lives of people all over the world uh, who've been saved. And to, you know, to really bring it closer to home uh, to, to us here in the United States, uh, just in August, just in August, these soldiers um, saved people in, and I'm just going to read the list here, uh, patients in Tampa, Florida, Winston-Salem, uh, North Carolina, Duarte, California, not one, but two Two patients in Boston, uh, Massachusetts, and uh, and somebody else in, in in Dallas, Texas. These are people who owe their lives to these two thousand IDF heroes. Who you know, you, as I, I I always say to you and to, to to other people, you know, the IDF they're not just heroes on the battlefield. They're they're heroes in in when they come to our to the Asian Bone Marrow Registry when they come to. Uh, Give their their stem cells to literally save lives. These are true heroes. Unbelievable! The whole thing is just incredible. Uh, all right, everybody. I have two things for you to circle on your calendars. Number one is the golf tournament, Swing for Life. It's happening uh, next week on t- two weeks, Tuesday, September the seventeenth. Tuesday, September the seventeenth. Remember, um, you could actually be part of this without even walking onto the golf course. Go to emgolf.org/balldrop emgolf.org slash ball drop. Use the promo code Nahum for your discount, and you can participate in that really unique split-the-pot raffle, which, uh, believe it or not, uh, is going to include dropping hundreds of golf balls out of a helicopter. The three closest ones to the hole wins a percentage of the purse. You can join that by going to emgolf.org slash ball drop and use the promo code Nahum. Also, circle November the 9th. That is the night for the Teaneck, Bergenfield, New Milford area, and obviously anybody wants to come from far and wide, where, number one, you'll meet IDF stem cell donor heroes. You'll hear, a stories from, uh, you'll hear a story from a stem cell recipient, and you get to witness my fireside chat with Brett Stevens about the incredible things coming out of it. One of my favorite topics in the world I get to discuss with Brett Stevens and with the people in the audience about incredible things coming out of Israel, making the world a better place. It is so one of my favorite topics. I can't wait. That's happening on Saturday night, November the 9th. And, of course, I remind you that Azer Mitzion is bringing to you our entire month on the road, all the places we're going to, including visiting Riverdale, New York, tomorrow morning, where we will remind everybody up there about the importance of supporting Azer Mitzion through the golf tournament, through being swabbed, etc., etc., etc. Those of you who are uh, fans of JM and the AM and the Nachum Seal Network going on the road, we owe a big thank you to our friends at Azer Mitzion. So, Ryan, I think we got it all set. Tuesday, September the 17th, people should go to emgolf.org slash ball drop. Use the promo code Nahum for their discount. And as I said, on November the 9th, we'll all be meeting Bezrat Hashem in Bergen County for this year's edition of the Evening of Heroes. Uh, Mr. Ryan Hyman, uh, National Director of Development for Azer Mitzion, is there anything you would like to add, sir? No, I just I want to wish all your listeners uh, the best of luck for the uh, golf ball drop. Yeah, um, wish me the best. Uh, wish know, me the best of luck. I'm using that promo code today. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love you that certainly game. Should and uh, <laughs> again, the more people that participate, the the more lives we can save. That is simply the bottom line. Yeah, simple as that. And you think it's a lot of money to to to, to sponsor a swabbing or save a life? We learned that in Israel. Uh, just how little money it could take for somebody to contribute and actually make a difference. So everybody out there, it's one big collective effort by the community. 
Uh, whatever it is you want to do, whether you want to golf, whether you want to participate in the bowl drop, whether you want to be at the event November 9th, whatever it is, just get involved and help Azer Mitzion continue to save lives on literally a daily basis. Ryan, I thank you, and we're hitting the road tomorrow, and I give you a big, and you and the entire organization, a big thank you for that as well, as uh, September has become a big on-the-road month for us and has been a big Azer Mitzion, and it will be a big Azer Mitzion month for our listeners and everybody who's tuned in, and I thank you for that. Thank you, Nachum. That was my conversation with Ryan Hyman of Azer Mitzion, a recent guest of ours on JM and the AM. Up next, the new president of Amit, Audrey Trachtman, visited JM and the AM recently. Here's my conversation with her, Audrey Trachtman, on JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. It is quite appropriate that Audrey Trachtman is with us at the very beginning of the school year. She is the new president of Amit, and I remind you, that in its almost 95 years, Amit has had a transformative impact on the Israeli educational landscape that extends far beyond its schools and students. It was founded in 1925. They are educating 35,000 children in 107 schools, youth villages, surrogate family residences, and other programs in 33 cities in Israel. Till this point, they have over a quarter of a million graduates who are living in Israel, having graduated from Amit schools. The new president of the Amit organization is Audrey Trachtman. I say good morning and welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Thanks so much for having me. I was telling you off the air that I am a major fan of your organization. Uh, And there are a couple of reasons. First of all, there's some people with your organization that we uh, absolutely love and love having on the air. But in addition to that, I, I, I find it astounding that an organization dedicated to Jewish and secular education can thrive the way you do in 2019. And I say it like that because, frankly, education is not always the easiest cause to raise money for and to support. And yet the Amit Network has done it in an amazing and incredible fashion. So fitting that we have you here at the beginning of the school year, and congratulations on your new uh, position as president of Amit. Thanks so much. I really appreciate what you say about us because I think that that is clearly one of the hallmarks of our network. We have um, the majority are religious schools, but we also have a number of um, secular schools. We even have a Haredi school, as a matter of fact. I remember that, right. And I think that um, what's amazing about our organization is the fact that we really come together as a group of different people from different denominations, and yet everybody understands that um, Jewish ethics and tradition is at the core of who we are, But it, and at the same time, we value democracy, we value transparency, and we value all the, the good secular values, I would say, and we want, and people really speak to each other with respect, and it's always an open dialogue at Amit, and um, it's something that we care so much about, all the students that we have, and so that really helps us, I think, all get to very good solutions. What's remarkable is that when you're in Israel, and and you are somebody who's, I don't know, related to somebody who's in one of the schools or you know is familiar with the schools, all right, you see it up close and personal, you have an appreciation for what goes on on a daily basis. But as I said earlier, education, especially trying to support education thousands of miles away, is not always the most attractive cause. And yet you have a core group of people we know. We've been at their dinners, we've been at their events, and we traveled with them in Israel. You have a core group of people from this area, I'm talking about New York and New Jersey. I'm sure other areas of the U.S. as well. 
who are so dedicated to this, who who treat the education of the children of Israel the same way they would treat any one of the you know really cool causes that people are associated with in Israel. Well, that's 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 certainly true, and I think um, as you mentioned, we have a really a strong heritage. Yeah. I think the fact that our heritage is as a women's organization right. is um, certainly you know one of the factors that leads to this tremendous support. And we had built a chapter structure. There's one thing that I don't know if you know about us historically. We were originally um, part of, I I think it was, I may be wrong here about Religious Zionists of America, but one of those organizations. And what happened was the women were the ones that were raising all the money and the men were the ones that were allocating the funds. So Bessie Gosfeld and some of her, you know, fellow members said, okay, this isn't for us. And that's actually how I meet women were were formed. So I I do believe that that's part of the heritage. And um, in addition, I think um, people... People like ourselves, what do we want to support? We want to support Jewish education, and we want to support Israel. And um, Amit does it so beautifully, so thoughtfully, so seamlessly. Right, and but, but again, you get my point. And I, of I know, course. I, I know I keep saying this, but it just, you know, and everyone knows it from this area. Schools are not always the easiest cause to raise money That's for. That's true. But- and you have dedicated people who, number one, come through with the funds and come through with the uh, with, with the resources but secondly, when they go to Israel, and I saw this up close and personal, the experience they have walking into these schools, they literally feel as if you know they helped build it, which they did. But you get my point. And 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 you, I'm sure you've been on those tours. You take amazing pride in just watching a regular school day happen. Right. Well, don't forget, seventy percent of our kids are from um, what's called in Israel the peripheria, right. which is really the um, social and economic um, lower mm-hmm. segment. So. Uh, I think even, you know, even jaded New Yorkers and even jaded L.A. people and Florida, <laughs> people all across our country recognize that um, there's there's something great about really helping close opportunity gaps and really creating opportunity right. for kids that might otherwise not have it. And that's why the stats about how many students currently and how many graduates you have are so important. It's not just that they went through a school system in many, many cases as you just described. Their lives were transformed and the lives of their families were transformed just by getting a good education. Absolutely. You're 100% right. It looks like you're doing a better sales job than me. <laughs> so maybe I can make you the next we, president. We should, we should go on the road. <laughs> <laughs> now, how long have you been president? Uh, I think it's 11 days and counting. It was literally oh, September, September yeah, 1st? September 1. Uh-huh. Who was your predecessor? Debbie Moed. Oh, um, Debbie did yeah. a great job. I yes, remember absolutely. we were with her in Israel and... She yeah. also took great pride in, in in this whole system of schools and all the work that Amit's doing uh, to support it. So does a new president come in with a specific agenda, a project, a goal that you'd love to accomplish? Like what goes through your mind as you as you take this job in the first few days? Um, well, let's you know, I've obviously been involved in the organization right. for quite a few years, but I would say that um, I have three goals, uh, at least coming into it. Mm. They may change over time. But the first goal is that, um, especially given our heritage, I want to make sure that we continue to empower girls, that we continue to 
build, you know, strong STEM programs, which are really in Israel, if you know the high tech industry, <laughs> the way to get, you know, great jobs. And that's important for our for our students. So that's one thing that I, I feel very strongly about, making sure that they go to university. Obviously, that's important for all poor kids. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that with girls, it may be even that much more important and more traditional environments. The second thing is I don't know how much you know about our innovative curriculum and the and all the um, things that we're doing with education. We're, we're the third largest network in Israel, the number one religious network. And um, although our stats are fantastic, we're actually, we were ranked number one um, in terms of our results um, by the Ministry of Education. We still are trying to really change um, education and make it much more, you know, less frontal, more tw- 21st century, collaborative, critical thinking, um, uh, effective speaking, communication. So um, we are setting up a new um, Gogia, what we call Gogia. That's that's what we call our system mm-hmm. of education, our methodology. And we're setting up a, uh, a new campus, a flagship campus with teacher training. And so I hope to get that off the ground. I hope to get a great endowment going, um, which we would really, which would be fantastic. So we could really put more money into teacher training, help supporting the um, lower uh, performing kids, as well as enrichment uh, for some of our terrific kids. Um, so all of that is are things that we're trying to do, um, and that's that's where I am. In other words, it's sort of more and better, but right. uh, lofty building. goals. But you know, there, there should be lofty goals at the beginning of an administration for sure. And also, it's hard to believe sometimes that you can you can have lofty goals for an organization that's over ninety years old. But even an organization that's been around for that long can still, you know, in many ways, as you just said, stay with the times keep up with the times and really improve in different areas. So. Well, I think that we've really invent, reinvented ourselves over the time right. because if you look at, you know, our origins were as as more residential facilities for orphans, you know, coming out of the Holocaust and from dysfunctional families and um, probably a few thousand. And now, as you say, actually, now that it's a new school year, I can tell you it's 36,400 kids. So there's an additional 1,400 kids that have come into our schools just as of September. And um, so I think that, you know, that's that's really one of the things that's um, that's really says something about us how we do reinvent and and we're always attempting to reach more kids more students more communities because we believe that our brand of education is so great that all kids can benefit from it audrey trachman's here she's visiting us she's a new president of amit for the last 10 days when's your next trip to israel um november and i I was there in july actually even though i wasn't officially the president i was transitioning yes getting ready for the uh yeah yeah. For the new term. And um, a, a typical trip, you, you could get to quite a number of schools, right? Well, as I described, the way that I, I really started to become very heavily invested in Amit is um, if I had been working in international finance. And when I stopped, um, a friend of mine was actually the treasurer of Amit. And she said, come, come with me. <laughs> come on a finance trip. I really think that you would love Amit. It would mesh with your values. Um, and so I did that, but what I didn't anticipate was going to 12 schools <laughs> in five days. And if you know anything about me being car sick, that wasn't the best. But it's still, even despite that, I, I just could not believe how what our 
how broad our footprint was and how much great work we did. How many will you get to in November, do you think? <laughs> At least 12, or you're I'm not sure yet? I'm not sure yet. I guess we'll see. I, uh, I'm definitely going to see all the new schools this past year. We took over two schools, and actually, they're new schools in, in the Shomron. So I definitely want to see those two schools. Wow. And um, I'm sure that I will see a number that I haven't seen in a little while. Uh, easiest way for people to get information on meetchildren.org, right? On Absolutely. That is our, um, that is our uh, website. And if you want to reach me, I am Audrey T. at meetchildren.org. All right. If you, want well. to, if you want to congratulate Audrey on her new position, Audrey T. at meetchildren.org. She's a new president of Amit, and, um, and we wish you the best of luck. Uh, with this, uh, with your term, how long will it be? How long is this term? It's two two-year terms. So, assuming that I do an okay job or better <laughs> or better, um, it will be four years. Bezrat Hashem. Exactly. And you get to work with Andy Goldsmith. I do, and he's fantastic. He certainly is. He's amazing, and I hope you'll give him our best regards. I, I certainly will, and I'm sure he's listening right now. I hope so. so. He likes, shout out. I know he likes good radio, so hopefully. Yeah. Amit enables Israel's youth to realize their potential and strengthens Israeli society by educating and nurturing children from diverse backgrounds within a framework of academic excellence, Jewish values, and Zionist ideals. They're amazing at all of this. And those of you who want more information, go to AmitChildren.org. Also, if you have any notion of uh, getting more involved with Amit, do what Audrey and others have done in the past, and that's go go on one of their trips to Israel— uh, they're uh, they're always scheduling them, and it gives you an opportunity to walk into the schools and really see uh, how their uh, dollars are being spent. Audrey? Uh, Nachum, actually, we have a mission Ooh. that's being planned even as we speak. Yeah. It's in May. I think it's something like the 14th to the 19th, and I can guarantee you it will coincide with Amit's 95th um, anniversary. Right. And so it is guaranteed to be absolutely Fantastic. All right, so check that out by uh, going to the website. You could write to Audrey, Audrey T at AmitChildren.org. She'll be more than happy to forward you information about the May trip, May of 2020, that Amit's going to be doing to Israel. Mazal tov again and shana tovah to you. You as well. Thank you very much. Audrey Trachman, brand new president of Amit. Go to AmitChildren.org for more information. More coming up. It's Mordechai Shapiro at JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Audrey Trachtman, Amit's brand new president, and that wraps up this edition of JM Rewind. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure to tune in next week, same time, right here on NSN for JM Rewind on the Nahum Siegel Network. So you want to know who's going to bring Moshiach? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. not gonna be the businessman or the wealthy man or the famous man oh no And learns Hashem's Torah And tries to understand He'll make him come 
the little girl who sings Birchat HaMozon and says every word with holy kavano, she'll make him come.
Oh, that's late.